Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey everyone, today I'm so excited to be talking with Pastor Israel, and we are talking about uh, how to launch programs and initiatives in the right way. Sometimes we, uh, we launch a new vision, a new initiative, and it just doesn't seem to get the momentum we want, and maybe it's because we didn't launch it right. And how do you launch things the right way so that it takes off and gains momentum in the church? It's a great episode. It is a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Man, let's jump into it, man. How can I serve you today? Yes, thank you, Pastor Chris. It's a pleasure to just uh, be on here and have some wisdom poured into us. So this question is in regards to planning and strategy. And okay. um, how long is too long uh, when trying to see if a strategy or a plan will work? And what are some key things that can help determine whether to stick it through and give it more time or just scrap it and try something different? Wow, that's a that's a great question. The um, first, I, I think it, it it it's hard to put a time limit on it. I do have some thoughts on it, but a time limits because we're talking about uh, you know is that a strategy or a, a uh, an idea, a strategy, campaign, or whatever it is that you're talking about. It could be as small as you know this over here, and then but or bigger where it takes more time. Yeah. So it's like yeah, if we can't get this off the ground in a month, then you know, it's not worth it because it's not that big of a deal to get it off the ground. Right. And then secondly is like, well, that takes a while to get that off the ground. So I do think there's some variables, but I'll, I'll, let me give some parameters that I think are important that I live by. One is you always have to determine what has natural and uh, manufactured momentum. We've talked about mm. that before. I think that's an important part of it to know, okay, does is there natural momentum surrounding this topic, surrounding this strategy, surrounding this idea that we're trying to plant this initiative? Is there natural momentum? Uh, or do I feel like no matter what, the momentum seems manufactured? Mm. Uh, manufactured, uh, let me just pick a ministry or something. Uh, men's men's pancake breakfast. A lot of churches do these men's pancake breakfast. I like you how know, you always and, bring up the pancake breakfast. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I got an issue with pancake breakfasts. <laughs> I don't have an issue with pancakes. I got an issue with yeah. the men's pancakes. <laughs> I like pancakes. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, you know, whatever, a women's thing or a men's thing or um, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But um, if your church is running 500, 1,000, 1,200, it's a larger church, and you're like, man, we're getting four guys out or four women out or eight people out to this thing, There's, and it feels like you're pulling teeth to do it, I think that's very manufactured. Mm. Uh, you have to determine whether it's natural energy or manufactured energy. And if you're pulling teeth to get people to show up to do this, to do that, whatever it is, then that seems a little bit more manufactured and not natural energy. Second thing is when ever possible, and it's not always possible, but whenever possible, uh, beta test everything. Mm. Uh, don't, don't say we're going to start having worship the first Sunday night of every month, you know, uh, and then you have your first two and hardly anybody's showing up. Now you got to go and cancel it. Right. 
Then we go and cancel it. People are wondering, like, those that like it are like, well, I guess it's not that important to the pastor to worship. Those that didn't didn't show up but hear that it got canceled, they're like, well, I guess no one cared about it. And or boy, we start things and don't finish things. Like, there's nothing but negative that surrounds that. No matter on what side of the coin you're on. Yeah. So I'm a fan of like, hey, let's say I'm just throwing that out arbitrarily. We're gonna start doing first Sunday night of the month is worship night. You know, that's what we want to do. I would not approach it as we're going to start doing this. I'd approach it as in a couple of weeks, we're having a worship night. We'd love to have you there. Yeah. Six, seven, eight weeks later, we try it again. And then we try it again. And then once we get into a rhythm of it, we just now all of a sudden we're just doing it on a regular basis. We didn't make an official announcement. There wasn't an official start date. Yeah. There wasn't an official end date. We just said we were going to do one. Mm. And then it went over well. And so we decided to do another one. And now we're doing a lot of them. But we're making sure that it has natural energy before it has yeah. manufactured energy or so that it doesn't have manufactured energy. That's one thing that I always look at. Um, now, when the variable is now, let's say you did launch something and you're wondering, did it pick up any speed Israel? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's say it's picking up speed. Maybe it's good speed. Maybe it's, you know, moderate. I don't know, whatever. I'm looking at a few things when it comes to a program, I'm looking at it now. It may be I'm going for six months or maybe going for two years. How long do you give it? Does it have enough energy? Right. Did it whatever? Okay. Now it's like, okay, how much? Uh, these are questions you have to ask. Is it worth the finances it's costing us? Hmm. Is this the best kind of use of our dollar? Sure. Uh, or whatever amount of dollars, whatever. Is, is, is it have natural energy? Um, what kind of leadership is it taking to make this happen? What by doing this is causing us to not be able to do this? Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, we're really busy yeah. doing this, but man, we got these other things to do. And we think they're more important. We think they're more life-giving. We think they're more, you know, they have more energy. They have more focus. They have more growth strategy, whatever. But we're so tied up doing this thing that's requiring so much work for very little result. Yeah. So those are the things that I... I, I think you have to ask yourself questions. It, if it doesn't have natural energy, it usually is strike one for me. Like mm. this thing just doesn't have natural energy. Strike two, three, and four are going to center around what's it costing us financially? What's it costing us as in what we're not able to do because we're doing this? What leadership energy is it taking? What volunteer energy is it taking? Is this the best use of our hours? You know, you and I talked about when you have a high-level leader, but you got him running some other small thing. Sure. When it's like, really? That's that's what we want him yeah. to do yeah. when he could be doing this. Okay, that's what you got to ask about that. Like, is what energy is it taken from our leaders? What hours is it taken from our leaders and volunteers? Those are the kind of questions you need to ask. And what I have found, in my opinion, and I, I could be wrong about it because I have no idea what you're talking about in the sense of if there's a program in your head sure, you're thinking of right sure. now. Here's what I've noticed. Most of the time, I think the leader knows that they need to pull the trigger and end it, mm. but they normally don't or they, they drag their free feet in fear of the people that are not going to like the decision. Wow. That's what I... Yeah. I, I don't think anybody's going, man... <laughs> I don't think anybody, I shouldn't say anybody, most of the time, a large percentage of the time, we know it needs to stop or we know we need to shift gears or we know we need to change a certain programs, certain ideas, certain whatever. We just don't. Yeah. 
And the reason we don't is because um, we're afraid of the decision and the people that get upset and who those people are related to and all the ramifications that go on afterwards. Most pastors know this thing doesn't have natural energy. This thing's exhausting, but they don't kill it. It, it's not a question of whether they know it's the right thing most of the time. Yeah. I don't say all the time, but most of the time, I think they know they need to do it. I just think they delay it. Yeah. Uh, and they delay it because in fear of the repercussions when they make the decision. Mm. Now, when it comes to natural um, excitement versus <clears throat> fabricated, what are the telltale signs of this is legit is just taking a couple of uh, of of uh, people to come to come around you know there's some people that naturally resist change no matter what mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. right and then it, it's not until a certain time that they begin to buy in so what are some ways to kind of tell this is something good let's just give it a little more time in terms of gauging the natural uh energy and excitement behind it yeah so there's always early mid and late adopters so that's no matter what you're going to have people that jump on board the things early, some jump on board the things midstream, and some people jump on it late in the game. Uh, and some people never jump on it at all. But yeah. there's early, mid, and late adopters. The, the way that I would look at that is um, it, like you're, you're trying to assess, does this taking time? What if you have the right people? I, I think you can actually have a better chance of knowing you know, that it has natural energy. And again, natural energy to me is there's some momentum here. There's some passion here. There's mm. some excitement here. It's meeting a need. Uh, you can see it's moving in the right direction. I think you can yeah. feel it. Yeah. Uh, and it takes a while to get going, but you can feel it. Uh, but I think there's got to be a lot of passion. I think there has to be some people that are buying into it. I think there has to be some natural energy. I think it's got to be meeting some needs. You got to, I think you can feel that, but I think you can feel it through those things. One thing I would say is you've, you've heard me say the meeting before the meeting is the most important meeting. I think that could apply here as well. Say, Hey, Mm -hmm. we're going to launch something. Okay. Whatever that is. Um, do we have the right leaders in place? Mm. Do we have enough? people in place to push this thing are they doing this because they're just we love you pastor and we want to do this or are they doing it because they're pretty excited about it because they're doing it out of obligation it probably isn't going to pick up much speed so even before you launch it church rescue initiative church boom has a church rescue initiative you probably heard me tell the story before two and a half years ago three years ago whatever i gather with a bunch of pastors in dallas texas I say, hey, man, um, here's a problem. What do you guys think? Uh, Of the 15, 18 guys in the room, probably 13 or 14 of them said, we're in. Just tell us what to do. And I was like, well, 14 out of 18, they're passionate. They're ready to go. I was like, okay, I think this thing has momentum. You see what I – I didn't just – today I'm launching the Rescue Initiative. You want to join it? Right. I had Even even without a congregation, because that's not a congregational situation – I still said, okay, I brought 18 guys in a room or whatever the number was. Let's, let's call it 18. And 14 of them or whatever the number was was like 80%, 90% were like, we're in. Just tell us what to do. And I could tell they really bought into it. It wasn't just me they were buying into, though yeah. I think that's important. But they were buying into the idea. That's the meeting before the meeting, in my opinion. So wow, I was like, do you see the difference? Yeah. yeah. Now, if I was 18 and one said, well, let's do it. And 17 were like, no, nah, I just don't see it. 
man, now I still, you know, I got to be obedient to the Lord. Does God want me to do it and all that? I know that for sure. But that sure is going to be a, an initial sign to me. Be like, 17 yeah. out of 18 aren't catching this vision. I, I, man, I got to reevaluate this. Yeah, I'd do that in the church. I'd bring 20 leaders in a room, 20 volunteers. And if, if I'm feeling like, man, out of the 20, 18 of them, 19 of them aren't really into this, I, <laughs> I got to reevaluate. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Um, I think the, the default for pastors is we go out there, we announce it and then it flops. And then aside from being embarrassing, embarrassing, it, it just took up a lot of men hours and time and energy. And I think these are really good things. Thank you, pastor Chris. That's yeah. really, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, Do that. Do, remember those two things. Get the, er, see if the early adopters will come on board. That's important. See if the early adopters come on board and monitor the natural energy. If you do not have early adopters on board, not saying that, you know, you obviously got to obey the Lord, but it, you need to you need to reevaluate if you can't get early adopters on board. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Yeah, last thing you want to do is bring it to the church. It's the first time that everybody's heard about it. That's a <laughs> right. major mistake. Right, right. Uh, um, yeah. Switching gears, Pastor Chris, uh, talking yep. more about vision and mission. Uh, both are equally important to any organization. I do hear a lot of um, coaches and pastors and mentors put more focus on vision casting than mission casting. And in your opinion, what is a healthy balance uh, for a pastor like me or any other pastor? How much time should be spent on the on the vision, vision casting, getting people behind that, and then mission casting on the you know the now, the day, the present? Yeah. Well. What's interesting is you take those two words, <clears throat> I think it needs a little explaining. When you take those two words, you put 10 leaders on a call, 10 high-level leaders, you're going to get probably 10 different answers. Because mm. vision and mission get very yeah. muddy very fast. Yeah, it took me a while uh, to learn and know yeah. exactly what one was versus the other. So we'll talk about that in a minute. And the second thing is that gets muddy. The word vision and mission get muddy. I think when people say they're vision casting, uh, sometimes they are vision casting on the mission. Oh. Uh, so when someone says, many times people ask me, hey, man, I'm going to, I need to cast this vision. What they're really casting is is their mission of their church. They're just calling it vision casting because that's a... It's a catchphrase. I mean, we all say vision. No one says mission casting. I mean, yeah. everyone yeah. says vision casting, even when they're talking about the mission. So I think mm. that could go either way. Vision is where you're going. Mission is what you're doing. Yeah. I work most with churches on first, let's talk about what you're doing day to day. What's the purpose of this church? And then how are you going to get it done? So I'm not saying not the vision, but when a church is man stuck and they're just not getting momentum, and I look and I'm like, there's so much to work on here. Where can we get some early wins? Okay, what do you guys want to do? Man, we want to reach our city and we want people to come to Christ and know him and all that. Okay, but how are you going to do that? So what are you going to do? Mission. How are you going to get it done? Strategy. Vision, to me, goes above all that. Because vision is where you're going as a church. What is the vision? A couple thoughts on vision. I think mission is day to day, week to week. It's just, it's your mission this week. It's your mission next week. Yeah. Vision is where you're headed, not so much what you're doing. And vision should outlast one generation. Wow. 
It's got to be big. Wow. So I'll give you an example. Seven years ago, sat down with the executive team, South Hills Church, and I said, where are we going? And we started reevaluating where we were. Who are we really? Where are we really going? Well, our mission, we want to lead unchurched people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the mission. Then we got a strategy and all that. Okay, now let's talk about where we're headed. So when it was all said and done, it came down to, man, we want to connect people to Jesus in every state, every state, and on every continent by developing leaders and creating irresistible churches. Mm. So when, now think about that as the founder of South Hills. If someone said to you, Israel, hey, man, I've met Pastor Chris, and uh, he's just about missions, and he's about feeding the homeless and opening up Teen Challenge Centers, you'd be like, that's not the Chris I know. Now, if someone's, not that that's bad, that's just not yeah. who he is. Now, if someone says to you, hey, Chris, and he's the founding pastor of South Hills, and they're about developing leaders and creating irresistible churches, you're like, yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what he does. <laughs> he likes to help churches be irresistible, and he likes to develop leaders. Yep, that's it. But where are we going? Every state and on every continent? I don't know if that's going to happen in my lifetime. Uh, that might, that might, but it might go longer than my lifetime. Yeah. And so I think it just needs to be long-term of where you're going and you're separating the two. But whether you're casting vision statement or casting mission statement, we as leaders have got to master the skill of casting vision. Mm. We gotta be good at it. Um, I think it's a skill that you gotta work on where you have the charisma and always remember at the core of confidence, at the core of charisma is confidence. Mm. You've gotta have the confidence to be able and the, and the, and know where you're going and attach people to your vision and compel them to come run with you. Wow. It's got to be something worth following. Yeah. You know, um, rescue. Go back to church rescue. Someone recently joined our team who, in my opinion, is a very high-level leader. And I said, what made... I literally asked the question afterwards, after the official joining the team. I said, what made you join this team? He goes, it was what you said in our... He goes, we were driving in a car, and you said, church rescue... We're gonna we're gonna build the biggest church in uh, in America that no one's ever heard about. Wow. So we're gonna build the biggest church where no one gets the credit, and it's because we're gonna help a thousand churches grow a hundred people. We help a thousand churches grow a hundred people. That's a hundred thousand people. We got the biggest church in America, but mm-hmm. no one really knows about it. Wow. He says that's what I bought into. We're gonna build the biggest church in America. We're just gonna do it differently. This is another yeah. phrase I said, and uh, he said that's what got me. You see what I'm saying? Where it's like, yeah. that was compelling yeah. enough to go, dude, I can buy into that. Yeah. I can sign up for that. Like, where do I, where, where do I sign on the dotted line for that? You have to have something that's like vision or mission. I think the bigger question is, do we have a vision and mission worth following? And do we know how to get people on board to it? Wow. That's everything. Yeah. You might have the most wonderful vision in the world, but if you can't get people on board with it, mm. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it comes from you being able to share it with them, being able to be clear about it, being able to crystallize it, being passionate about it, letting them see their place in it. That's all vision. And if they don't feel that and they're not catching that from you, um, that's, that's a problem. So we talked about separating vision from mission, the difference, even throwing in strategy. So where, what, and how. 
That's really what vision, mission, and strategy is where, what, and how. But to me, the even more important thing is, Israel, have a vision, mission, whatever, worth following, whichever one you're talking about, and make sure that you can attach people to it and you know how to how to be able to move people to it. Here's a funny thing that I did a while back at a conference. I said, oh, I, I could sense the resistance in the room. <laughs> when I stood up in front of a bunch of pastors and I said, here's the bottom line. We are all salesmen. And they did not like that. <laughs> the tension was thick. And I said, everybody on this planet is a salesman. Uh, and I know you don't like it because you think salesman, some car guy that's going to take advantage of you and shove you into a car that you don't like and take it, you know, and rip you off. And there's not a lot of good positive that goes with that. That's kind of why I said it to create tension. Yeah. But aren't we all salesmen? And uh, hey, when you're trying to date a girl and you really want to woo her and win her, aren't you kind of selling yourself a little bit in a weird, weird way? You're kind of like, I'm good. I'm a nice guy. You're trying to, you're putting your best foot forward. You meet her parents. You don't meet her parents looking like a slob. You come in confident. Your hair is all nice. You know, you've got your nice little outfit. Why? Because you're selling something, man. I Call it what you want. And I'm telling you, if you want to lead big things, you better be good at selling something. And I'm not talking about selling something wrong or unethical or cheap right. or whatever. I'm talking about selling a vision, a God vision that people buy onto. Nehemiah did it. You know, uh, yeah. Peter did it. Paul did it. Come follow me as I follow Christ. We're going to build something big. We're going to start churches. Paul did it to Timothy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, this is what we're doing. You want to join, man? Because this is going to be amazing. And uh, and I know the word salesman freaks people out. So if, if that's freaking everybody out, listen to this podcast and put it aside. Uh, but at the end of the day, you better be able to get people on board with your vision. Yeah. It's got to be pure, God-centered, motive pure, not manipulative, none of that. A God vision that they can see themselves in that vision and they're excited about it. And if you can't say it in a, and explain it in under 60 seconds or maybe even under 30 seconds, you probably are not clear about it in your own life. Wow. Wow. You got to be able to say it clear. Yeah. So, like again, I'll just one more thing. Rescue. Hey, Israel, America's cl closing more churches than we open. We've been doing that for nine years. I mean, just time this. We've been closing more churches than we open. We've been doing it for nine straight years. We're closing a hundred churches a month. Uh, Eighty percent of churches are in decline. Man, we're going to become the next Europe. Christian, we're losing. There's less than half the people in the nation are claiming a, 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 a Christianity. So we came up with this idea, man, what if we started rescuing these dying churches so that your kids and your grandkids have an America that you think it should, should be? I think that the, the more we rescue churches, the more we can rescue America. I need your help. Would you help me with this? That's pretty like, no one's looking, hardly anybody looks at me and goes, no, I don't want to help you rescue churches. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I don't want to help rescue. And I don't care what's happening to America. And no, I don't. most people are like, hey, I didn't know all that. Mm. Wow. How, how can I help? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying, I, I'm just saying you got to get that thing down to like less than, if you can't say it in less than 60 seconds, you probably don't know what you're saying. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Pastor Chris. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank Anything you. Anything else? Chris. No, that's it. Thank you, Pastor Dude. Chris. Oh, yeah. Awesome. 
Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for being on today, Israel. You're doing an amazing job, man. You're an amazing pastor and, and a great leader. And I love your hunger to always learn. You always ask amazing questions. So thanks for being on, man. I really appreciate, appreciate it, buddy. Pastor Chris. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Have a good day, man. You too. Thank you for tuning in to the Fly on the Wall podcast. We hope today's episode provided you with some practical steps to lead your church to the next level. If you found this episode helpful, take a moment to leave us a review and share it with others. Remember, when the pastor grows, the church grows, and we grow pastors. We love you. We're your raving fans, and we are cheering you on. See you next week.